0: Hallo und willkommen bei Integration. Die aktuelle politische Situation macht einen kurzen Vorspann notwendig. Die kommende Folge wurde am 11. August aufgezeichnet, somit über zwei Wochen vor dem Abzug der amerikanischen Truppen aus Afghanistan. Vorspannende.
1: Integration. Strangers in Paradise. Strangers in Paradise? Welcome to Corinthegration. I'm James. Mein Name ist Stefan. And we're here to have great conversations with people from all over the world who have decided to settle in Corinthia. Letzte Woche hat
0: uns Lawrence Pinto seine Geschichte erzählt. In Althoven ist er bekannt als Pater Lawrence. Seine Ausbildung zum katholischen Priester hat er bei Mutter Teresa in Indien begonnen.
2: Uh, I have with the, I worked with Mother Teresa and with our organization. And our work was, as a students, uh, early morning to uh, uh, get up early morning and with a, with a bicycle uh, go and search the uh, empty uh, dust bins. did uh, it, it not to uh, collect uh, garbage, you know, children,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, people, 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 babies in Milton, in sack, sakala. Ich habe viele Kinder gerettet und leider gottes viele, viele angefressene Babys gesehen. Ich bin auch traumatisiert. Uh, da habe ich Indische Mentalität, die andere Seite habe Europäische Mentalität. Uh, Free Society, Zweig Welton. Die Zweig mentality ist für mich <hums>
0: Unser heutiger Gast ist Chaplin Korana, der im Jahr 2015 Kabul nahezu Halsüberkopf Hals über Kopf verlassen musste.
1: So, Chaplin, welcome to Corinth Integration. We're really excited to talk with you today about your experiences of living here in Corinthia the past 6 years
3: and the stories that come along with that. So, welcome today. Thank you. Um I'm pretty excited too. Thank you for having me. Chaplin, du bist aus Afghanistan? Ja.
0: Wie wie war dein Leben in Afghanistan?
3: Also Von null weg, ich bin in 2001 geboren, bis 2015 war ich fast nie aus dem Haus weg. Also 14 Jahren war ich, wenn überhaupt, zwei Monate so weg von Haus, also wirklich draußen. Die restlichen Lebensjahren, Lebenszeit habe ich wirklich zu Hause gesperrt gebracht. Es war alles wegen Religion, weil drüben ist, in Afghanistan ist sehr viel muslimische Religion, also es ist wirklich ein Hauptland von Muslimen und dann war unsere Religion wirklich eine Minderheit. Sie haben deswegen uns gehasst. Auf Kinder wurde, ähm, Die Kinder wurden geschlagen in die Schule und alles. Ich bin auch nicht in die Schule gegangen in Afghanistan. Ich habe mein allererstes Schuljahr hier in Österreich gemacht. Ähm, das Restliche hat der Papa und die Mama mir zu Hause gema- äh, beigebracht. Englisch, Mathematik und so weiter. Ja, also wenn man von Hause äh, weggangen ist, als Kind wurde man geschlagen, gespuckt, mit Steinen geschlagen, alles Mögliche. Also wirklich alles Mögliche. Es ist sehr rassistisch, wenn es wenn man religionmäßig denkt. Das war wirklich gruselig drüben. Und als ich hier gekommen bin, das war komplett anders. Es war wirklich, Mein Leben hat einen 180 Grad Umdrehung gemacht, das war komplett anders. Die Menschen waren nicht alles Mögliche. So habe ich das wirklich nicht gedacht.
0: Ich habe jetzt nur ein bisschen in der Vorbereitung mhm. nachgelesen, dass in den 80er Jahren hat es ich, noch 500.000 Sikh-Familien genau. in Afghanistan. Und jetzt
3: gibt es 100, 200? 100, 100. Ja. Es ist letztes Jahr einen Angriff gekommen auf unser Sikh-Tempel. Ja. Sie haben angegriffen und dann haben sie auch die restlichen 1000, 1500 Familien bedroht. Und dann sind sie halt weggegangen in den letzten Jahren. Und jetzt sind drüben 100 Familien, 100 Menschen drüben von unserer Religion. Und die sind auch drüben, damit unser Sichttempel noch, weil der noch drüben ist. Deswegen sind die 100 Menschen drüben, die schauen, dass das Sichttempel alles okay ist, nichts kaputt geht und so weiter.
0: Okay. Wie, wie, wie kann man sich dann das, das vorstellen, den Ablauf, man sagt, okay, jetzt geht es hier nicht mehr, oder also ist es passiert von heute auf morgen, oder? Es
3: ist wirklich so, dass drüben die Lebenssituation derzeit ziemlich schlecht ist. Wir haben so ein Symbol von unserer Religion und letzte Woche haben den Taliban gesagt, okay, wir wollen das nicht. Die haben das runtergerissen und die Menschen sind immer noch in Bedrohung, die haben immer noch Angst und alles. Menschen können wirklich nicht weggehen vom Haus. Sonst werden sie getötet, gemordet. Die die kommen wieder nicht nach Hause. Also es ist wirklich schlimm drüben. Ähm, Ich weiß nicht, wie das drüben weitergehen wird, wenn ich ehrlich sagen darf, weil vorher habe ich irgendwie einen Blick gehabt, okay, jetzt gehen die Menschen weg und alles. Aber jetzt hat die Situation ziemlich verschlechtert. Also wenn man wirklich von Hause auch am Nacht zwei in der Früh weggeht, sind die Leute einfach hinter dich. Also es war mehr oder weniger auf die Mama und mir, Die Mama und ich, ich haben das absolut nicht mehr ausgehalten. Es war wirklich bis zu einem Zeitpunkt, wo wir gesagt haben, okay, töten wir uns einfach. Wirklich, es war wirklich so schlimm. Und dann hat der Papa irgendwie geregelt, dass wir einfach wegkommen. Und hat mit ihren leute geredet und alles Mögliche. Und dann auf einem Nacht haben sie gesagt, okay, jetzt gehen wir weg. Also wirklich, das war mehr oder weniger spontan, weil wir nichts gewusst haben, die Planung nicht gewusst haben, wie lange das dauern wird, wo wir hingehen werden, wie wir drüben kommen werden, wir haben nichts gewusst. Nur, wie mussten von hier weg, das war alles, was wir gewusst haben. Also, wir sind weggegangen, es war Nacht, alles was ich erinnern kann, wir sind von einem Ort nach anderen gefahren, Autos gewechselt, nur in die Nacht gefahren. Das kann ich alles erinnern, an die Reise. Die Reise hat knapp 16, 17 Tage gedauert und dann waren wir auf einmal in einem Land, wo wir nichts gewusst haben, wir haben nicht, nicht gewusst, wo wir sind, welche Land es ist. Ähm, wie wir weitermachen werden, was wir weitermachen werden. Wir wurden einfach bei der Besthauptbahnhof ausgelassen in Wien und der Typ hat uns einen Zettel gegeben mit einer Adresse. Wir haben nicht gewusst, was für Adresse ist. Wir sind einfach zu einem Taxifahrer gegangen und ihm die Adresse gegeben. Er hat uns zu einem Fluglingslager geführt und dann sind wir einfach reingekommen und unser Leben gestartet in Österreich.
1: So you spent these kinda you said seventeen days?
3: 16, so, 17 days. Yeah, that it took you and, and you did that all in, in by car or uh, we traveled from Kabul to Moscow on a plane and from there we went we changed cars and we traveled here. We you, we traveled on the night in the nights, so we didn't know where we were or how far we had driven. Um the only thing that I know it took sixteen to seventeen days and we changed four to five cars. Wow. Kabul is is like a big city just like Vienna and it might uh, sound pretty awkward or something, but I actually don't know what my house looked like or what was exactly in front of my house. I don't remember anything. um, six months or so before we left our whole house, we went to live in the sixth temple because the people just used to blackmail us. They used to come at the night, knock on the door, throw stones and stuff. So we attack the uh, doors and stuff. And it was also a metal door, big front door, so it was really loud and so. So everyone would get very scared. So that the dad said, "Let's go to the sixth temple because there was majority of our people lived there. So if majority of the people lived there, there were less attacks." So I really don't remember. Where we used to, I actually don't remember what my house used to look like. But it was
1: in some neighborhood. It, it was actually in Kabul.
3: in Kabul. Okay. So it was basically uh, Kabul is literally like Vienna. Vienna is a big city, and it was. I actually don't know how to describe it. I don't remember anything. Mm-hmm. It was a big house. That's the only thing that I remember.
0: Uh, when you said that from Moscow, back, mm-hmm. have you then often changed the vehicle and, and you set in the night? Did you find that still all safety measures because you thought
3: also nichts also der Schlepper ist einfach zu un also keine regelmäßigen Zeiten kommen okay. und gesagt, er jetzt fahren wir. Okay. Er hat keine Zeit für Vorbereiten geben gar nichts, er hat gesagt, jetzt fahren wir los. Das ist wirklich, wenn man jetzt nicht schlaft, kommt der eine und sagt, okay, jetzt fahren wir los. Wir haben keine Zeit zum Aufstellen, nichts haben zu arbeiten. wir müssen los. Okay. das heißt du hast
0: de facto auch nichts mit, oder? Nein,
3: nichts ja. mitgekriegt.
1: And so when you say you changed cars, there were just different people driving you?
3: The, we didn't see the people, there was literally just one guy that was same and then the cars were changed. They were all the same cars so I didn't see the driver or anything, I just saw this one guy who used to come in, knock on the door, open it, wrap it and say, we have to go now and then take us with us mm-hmm. and just open the door, push us in, close the door and we go. The the windows were black, everything was black, you couldn't even see outside or anything. Plus it's nighttime, so mm-hmm. it was pretty mysterious.
1: So you had no idea really where no. you were until you arrived at. That. I didn't
3: even have the idea that I was in Austria. We left our country just to be safe. We told them he didn't even say where he was going to take us. He said I'm going to take you some, somewhere safe. So we literally had no idea. We could have been killed. We could have they could have murdered us. But we didn't have idea. We just gave them life. We just put our lives in their hand and said take us away from this land. And they put us in Austria, gave us an address. Didn't tell us where we were. He just dropped us out and left. Gave the dad an address before. He pushed us out, left, and that's it. We were staring at the West Bano for 10 15 minutes. Didn't know what to do, where to go. We had no clue where we were. And the dad said, Okay, we have this address, let's just go there. Mm-hmm. Um, at the refugee center, I was pretty scared because I just had a long trip before me. So I was. The f- we were there for seven days, if I remember correctly. And the first two to three days, I was pretty depressed, if you can say. I didn't show any emotions or anything. I was pretty, st- I did nothing. I, I ate and I sat at a bed. That's all that I did the first few days. Um, then uh, the dad took me to outside the camp. We were allowed to go outside the camp for the day. And he used to take me places, some shopping centers, pillar and all that stuff to show me around. And to be honest, I was pretty shocked. I was scared of the people at the first i was pretty shocked on how people treated me and my dad and all it was pretty shock shocking in a positive way because i had never felt like that i had actually not seen any future like that so it was i was very overjoyed i have to say it. like a country like austria i had i hadn't even imagined that i would be able to live such a life so it was very very surprising for me
1: so some of the experiences that you were having, you, you weren't even able to have in your home country? Like yes. shopping, like going out for a
3: I walk. was literally locked in for 14 years. So 14 years all I saw was the parents and some of my cousins. That's it. Not a tree, not a plant, nothing. I literally saw nothing except my family.
0: Okay. Und, und jetzt auch von der, von der SIG-Gesellschaft, die hat es da irgendwie aus schon, oder?
3: Also das war der SIG-Tempel, den wir ja. immer gegangen sind, aber das waren auch, weil die Kinder waren die meist Betroffene, weil die sind ja leicht und das ist auch der leichteste Weg, an die Eltern zu bedrohen. Deswegen sind die Kinder meistens geschützt, dann die Frauen und dann die Männer halt. Und wenn wir jedes Mal zu den SIG-Tempel gegangen sind, haben die Eltern mir wirklich so zwischen denen versteckt, in Taxi haben wir gesessen und gefahren. Also ich, ich habe wirklich nichts sehen können. die haben mich wirklich versteckt von die anderen. Weil jedes Mal, wenn ich draußen war mit den Eltern, ich war schon ein paar Mal draußen, habe die Straßen gesehen und alles Mögliche, bin daheim gekommen und geblutet. Knie geblutet, Gesicht geblutet, sie haben meine Haare gerissen, gespuckt, alles Mögliche getan. Also das ist wirklich grausam. Und das ist nicht nur an die anderen Kinder, muslimische Kinder begrenzt, sondern auch die Lehrer haben das getan. Lehrer, Erwachsene, jeder mögliche Mensch. Und Jetzt die Situation unten nicht so schlimm, dass ich kann jetzt nicht sagen, dass es nur an die Sikhs begrenzt ist. Es sind auch ziemlich viele Muslime aufgetroffen. Aber nur drüben ist die muslimische Mehrheit, deswegen merkt man das nicht. Und die Sikhs sind wirklich minder. Und auch denen ist es extremer. Am extremsten ist es an denen. Also man weiß echt nicht, wenn der Mensch weg ist. Man kriegt nur eine Nachricht nach zwei, drei Tagen später, okay, der ist schon tot. Das ist echt schlimm.
1: And what was the process for your family to start getting asylum status
3: and those types of issues resolved here? The first few stages, like I said, I lived around seven to eight days in the refugee camp. Um, There we did everything okay. We got the red card. The red card is more or less the temporary um, validation that you can live in this uh, camp. And after eight days, we got our white card. And it's a asylum card that you are allowed to live in Austria as long as the country or the government has not decided what to do with you. And after that, we got transferred to Kjanten. And then where we met Peter, he was our family caretaker. So we got transferred over here. And after that, we were told to wait till the country or the government takes on your case and decides what to do. So after that, the life was Pretty normal, as normal as in Austrian-based normal, and not for for me. It wasn't normal. It wasn't normal for the first whole year because I had my first school year in Austria, first ever school. I was allowed to go to school. I was allowed to participate in school activities and stuff. So it was pretty a huge surprise for me. It was literally the best gift anyone could give me. Uh, so yeah, the first year, the first two three years, we went normally, and in 2019, we got our call from the government. It was 20, 2018 it was. 2018 at the end of the year around at the end of the year so January we got a call that we have a an interview. We had an interview in July in Canton in Carinthia. so we went there. They interviewed my dad and my mom, but the judge um decided to respoke our case and said okay, it's if I, it's just um nonsense what you're saying. So thing is the judge, my my father said that um, when my mom was pregnant with my small brother, um she used to go to hospital and people used to follow the taxi, throw stones at her and everything. so that uh, so my dad told that to the judge. But the judge said, you were only followed. They only threw the stones at you. You weren't killed or anything. That's why I'm not going to allow you to live here. And which I found utter nonsense if i may, if I'm allowed to say that because, okay, I can simply say that if I go ahead and threaten someone, I only threatened him, I didn't kill him. It's still a violation to human rights. So yeah, after that, um, we went to the Wien Center and we said, okay, no, we want you to take a look at our case again because we really don't want to go back to Afghanistan because otherwise they would have deported us. And we really didn't want that. So we went to the main center in Wien where they took on our cases and everything. And then we had, Another interview at BFA um, with the uh, so judge and all not a polit- well, because in Carinthia you have politicians that act as judges. Um, that's not in Carinthia based but also in other states whereas in Wien in BFA center there's normal judge with two people sitting next to beside him that document everything. She listened to our story and said okay she doesn't know what the f- uh, judge beforehand did because." no one is allowed to be sent or get deported if they don't feel safe. So she said, okay, I understand it and everything. And then she asked, what are our plans for the future? Um, Then my mom told, okay, what she wanted to do, what she would like to do, what she would like me to do, what she would like my brother to do. And after all that, she gave us the residence to stay in Austria. So after five, four years, We were given a travel document, it's not the normal passport that Austrians get but it's a travel document, it's a grey covered passport and with that we are allowed to live in Austria indefinitely.
1: Can you travel outside?
3: We can travel everywhere except Afghanistan, it's written in the passport, we are allowed to travel everywhere in the country except Afghanistan.
0: Weil du gesagt hast, die Schule war das größte Geschenk. Mhm. Kannst du dir jetzt noch an die, an die ersten Schultage oder an das erste Schuljahr erinnern, was dir da am, am, am meisten beeindruckt hat?
3: Auf alle Fälle, das war das magischste Jahr nach dieses Jahr. Natürlich schon, das war das magischste Jahr für mich, muss ich sagen. Den ersten Tag bin ich in die Schule gekommen, habe mit den anderen Schülern mal im gleichen Alter geredet. Die haben mit mir gesprochen und alles, und das war auch ein neues Erlebnis für mich, weil ich habe nicht mit anderen Kinder geredet, außer meinen Cousinen, aber die waren auch ein bisschen älter als mir oder jünger, aber nicht mit Kindern meinem Alter über Interessen, an denen Interessen von mir geredet. Der erste Tag war sehr magisch, muss ich sagen, weil ich habe mit den anderen Kindern was so gehabt, sie haben von mir gelernt, ich habe von denen gelernt, denen Interessen gelernt und alles Mögliche. Und dann hat es langsam angefangen mit äh, Bildung und so, Mathematik und so weiter. Und dann ich, bin ich reingegangen und dann habe ich gesagt, okay, ja, ich will das weitermachen. Ich will einfach. Weiter, 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 weiter. Ich will, dass das einfach nicht aushört. Das war wirklich die ersten zwei Jahre. Auch in HTL, den ersten HTL, das war das Beste, muss ich sagen. hat mit die anderen Kinder ge- ge- gelernt und so. Vor allem, das, was wirklich magisch war, in den so Pausezeiten, wo wir einfach in Gruppenzarten gesetzt sind und einfach so geredet haben. Nichts mit Schule, nichts mit Heim, einfach so Freunde gesprochen. Und ich habe mir gefühlt, okay, ja. Und das Beste war, mein NMS und mein HTL. Beide Klassen, meine mitkollegen haben mich wirklich akzeptiert. Ich habe mich nicht wie ein Außenseiter gefühlt. Sie haben mich wirklich akzeptiert und haben gesagt, okay. Und ich habe Gefühl gehabt für das erste Mal, dass ich nicht in Afghanistan bin, sondern hier geboren bin und einfach hier ganz normal lebe. Und dieses Erlebnis habe ich immer noch. Dieses Gefühl habe ich immer noch. Und das muss ich sagen, das war das Beste. Um, uh, we also have a sixth temple in Carinthia um, It's there is literally no problem. People in Kerencia, I think all over the Austria, they accept our religion. They show eagerness to learn about our religion. And I always have this pleasure to tell people more about our religion. Because if I not doubt it, our religion is the newest religion, the youngest religion, 500, 500 to 600 years old. So it's pretty new. And people don't really know about it. So there's always this eagerness to learn more from people. And that's what I find new. So whenever I'm traveling with bus or anything and a person sees me or an old man sees me or a young man, they come to me and ask, okay, what's your religion? And it's not based just on Austria. Even in other uh, countries like, such as Croatia, Slovenia, people come to us and ask us what's our religion and stuff. So it's pretty exciting to know that people are ready to accept us. There are, I mean, if I'm just based on how many I see in the six temple families, I see what, 200, 300 people. They don't come every time, but I think there are more that I don't see because there are parts in currency that I've never been to. Hey, I'm going to. Um, You never know how many people live there. And I have never really checked it on the internet, how many Sikhs there are. Um, But as of 2019, our religion was officially recognized in Austria and was registered because before we came here, it was literally um, in our religion area, there was written other or none. And after 2019, it was registered as Sikh. So that's a great milestone for our community, for Sikh community in Austria. So my parents had to do German courses. They had to do A1, A2, B1 courses and everything and both of them have succeeded to do B1 courses and now they're working, both of them are working. So yeah, to, to B1 course, uh, it's compulsory to have general knowledge in German and that's what the government gives you. So you have to complete courses till B1, and after that you can search for work. So till you haven't learned B1, government said, okay, we provide you with money. You just learn how to speak with German, so you can communicate your day-to-day life, so you can go by work without any heavy, without having any problems. And I think that my parents have done that pretty greatly. So they have, they are pretty great in German. They understand it. They have um, problems with speaking, but I think it's the problem with the age because at some point it gets difficult for you to learn. For, as in, in my example, I go to school, I talk with teachers and everything. I have more communication than my mom or my dad. That they get, they get the work, they do it and they go there and talk two or three minutes. But other than that, I think they're doing pretty great in German. Both of them understand very well. Both of them can speak really good. And they don't need anything written, so I think they're doing really good. Die Mama, also in Afghanistan, gibt's wirklich geringe Frauen, die fahren können. Die Mama hat ihren Führerschein jetzt Fahrt überall und so. Und sie ist glücklich mit das. Ich habe sie nie so glücklich gesehen wie jetzt in die letzten sechs Jahren muss ich sagen. Und den Papa und den kleinen Bruder. Es es fühlt sich wirklich als wir hier seit Anfang leben und nicht seit sechs Jahren hier gekommen sind.
1: And how old is your brother?
3: Um, my brother is... he's going to turn eight. So he's having a very... He's awesome having a blast. Yeah, he's having a blast. Uh, when we came here, he was two, three years old. He doesn't remember anything. It's good for him too. So he doesn't have to remember it. We don't also tell him what's going on. He just... he doesn't have anything to do with there. He didn't even remember what it was like. So it's better for him. He's just living his best life over here. Enjoying with friends. Garden time, everything, and looking at him, I don't miss my past because whatever I missed, he's doing it everything right now, and I just um, live with it. I just relive my past with him. So That's just great for me and for him. Also, we have we have no direct contact mit äh, den Familien oder die Menschen, die unten leben. Alles, was wir haben, sind über die Nachrichten und so. Aber der Papa hat äh, irgendeine Freunde oder so, die immer Kontakt unten haben und so. Und mit denen redet er einmal oder zweimal im Jahr oder so, mhm. weil das ist auch ziemlich streng unten. Ähm, wenn man Handy unten gehabt hat, als ich drüben war, hast es nur einen Weg gehabt zum Bedrohen. Also, also jeder, der Handy hat, hat immer 10, 15 Anrufe am Tag gekriegt, dass wir deine Frau wegnehmen, ein Kind töten oder so. Wir haben keine Handy gehabt, wir haben keinen Fernseher zu Hause gehabt. Ich habe nur einen Mini-Radio gehabt, den ich auch irgendwann mal zerstört habe. Und das war's. Also ähm, ja, das Radio war alles. Wenn ich meinen Freund muss ich sagen, habe ich immer Sportnachrichten drüber gehört, Fußball und so weiter. Yeah, I used to listen to sports news. It wasn't always the recent ones, but I would always listen to football matches or stuff. I didn't know any teams or stuff. I just listened to someone score the goal. I would celebrate. I would listen to another scored. I would celebrate Then my mom or my dad or my cousin would come and say it was the other team we celebrated for. And I would sit sad there for two minutes. Okay, I celebrated for the both teams. So that was a bit dumb, but yeah, I we'll would just celebrate. Okay, they just just they, a goal was scored. I didn't know what a goal was, but they scored a point, so celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I would listen to sports news, every kind of sports, football, cricket, tennis, everything. And so habe ich mein Zeit gebraucht. Lernen, Angst haben und Radio. Here habe ich neue Hobbys gefunden. Fotografieren habe ich gelernt. Ein meiner Hobbys habe ich dann um, bin ich ziemlich in die 3D-Modellierung, 3D-Cut und so weiter, habe ich weiter gelernt und so habe ich neue Interesse gefunden, habe ich ähm, Sportarten probiert, Federball, Tischtennis und so weiter. Also wirklich, das war ein ganz neues Erlebnis, muss ich sagen. Es ist, für mich ist jeden Tag einfach ein neues Erlebnis, weil ich lerne Neues. Ich will keinen Tag mehr äh, vor, vorbeibringen, wo ich nichts Neues mache oder nichts Neues lerne. Weil das ist dann, dann erinnere ich mich an die alte Zeit und sage, okay, ich habe 14 Jahre von meinem Leben weggeschmissen, wo ich nichts gemacht habe und jetzt habe ich unendlich Zeit, unendlich vieles zu tun, und ich werde jeden Tag was probieren. Wenn nicht sportlich ist dann irgendwas, wo ich mich weiter lerne, irgendwas, was ich neu ausprobiere, vielleicht auch mit die Freunde treffen, draußen gehen, ein bisschen Sport machen, Fahrrad fahren, irgendwas. Ich will nicht einfach so zu Hause bleiben. Oder wenn ich zu Hause bleibe, dann tue ich einfach Sachen neu recherchieren neu lernen, Computersachen weitermachen, für meine Kenntnisse verbreiten und so. Also ich will nicht keine Sekunde vorbeibringen, in der ich denke, okay, ich habe jetzt etwas wegverschwendet von meiner Zeit.
1: Maybe you can talk about um, some helpful people to you during your time of transition.
3: Well, parents are always there for you. So for me, on the first place or the top position, there are parents. And then near the parents, literally on top position is Peter and Barbara, our family caretaker, because without their help, I wouldn't have done anything. Like literally, they showed me. they admit, uh, they did my admission to my first school. They did my admission to my first hotel, so first year, that was because of him. Um, they helped me through my studies, they helped me through government work, they helped me through my um, internship, they helped me through day-to-day life. They have done so much for me that my parents and both of them, they're basically on the same level for me. So yeah, Peter and Barbara have been a really immense help Um, if I say so, since I've come to Austria, since we've come to Austria, because yeah, they've helped my parents, they've helped, um, Peter, uh, did the connections for my father at work, that's how my father got to work, um, he's helped my brother go to his first school, go to his kindergarten, that was pretty big help, he helped us with moving from one house to another, he helped us with our current residence. he's helped us so much, Um, I can say thanks infinitely and that won't be enough for him. Same as my parents, I can thank them infinitely and that won't be enough because without my dad I wouldn't be here. I would have died. And without my mom I really wouldn't have any hope or the character that I am. So both of them are really up there. Um, Then I have to say my brother because he has helped me through lots of times. And then my friends because they have helped me a lot through tough times and so even though they don't know about it but they have helped me a lot. Because there were times where I felt so down that they just came to us and said, let's have fun or something. But they were a big help for me too. So yeah, that's how i characterized it. The most helpful people is still parents and Peter and Barbara.
0: Wie seid ihr zusammengekommen?
3: Peter Barbara? Peter war uns ja wie gesagt Family Caretaker, Familienhilfe. Um, Wir sind zu ihm gekommen, indem wir von 30 Jahren den Fluglinklager weggefahren sind und unter seine Besichtigung sind wir gekommen. Also er war unser Besichter, wenn ich so sagen darf, macht das Sinn. Er hat auf uns aufgepasst, wenn wir was gebraucht haben, sind wir zu ihm gegangen. Er war unsere Kontaktperson mit irgendwas regierungsmäßig und so weiter. Also der war wirklich unsere Aufsichtsperson. Und die Regierung hat uns einfach ihm gegeben. Also er hat gesagt, okay, du bist unter den so und so Person und wir haben ihn getroffen. Am 23. Juni sind wir in Kärnten gekommen, da haben wir ihn als erstes Mal getroffen. Er hat dann uns den, seine Wohnung äh, gezeigt, wo wir gewohnt haben. Er hat den ersten Tag uns das Essen gezeigt, die Supermärkte und alles Mögliche. Also so sind wir halt zu ihm gekommen, von der Regierung direkt. Dann haben wir uns einfach eng befreundet und sind immer noch eng befreundet. Er ist wirklich einer der engsten Freunde, die unsere Familie hat. <lacht>
1: So at this point, would you consider yourself more Austrian than Afghani or any
3: other? The thing that Austrian students do, or Austrian kids do, that's not something that our, most of the Austrian kids do, is not something that I would do in my free time. Like go partying, go spend time with kids. I am more of a kid that stays at home or stays alone, and learns new stuff, tries new stuff always looking for something new, always expanding the limits, always expanding the know-how. And I haven't found many kids in Austria or in my neighborhood or in the city that have the same eagerness to learn something. There are kids but not as many as the other type. I still have contacts with many friends of mine from school and they're all pretty similar to me. That's why I felt that they were more like me, that's why I have more contact with them. But other than that, I don't think so. I'm more of an Austrian. I think it's same to me. That's the thing about Europe or Austria, that you don't feel like you're an outsider. That's just perfect. They don't care if you're from Afghanistan, from India, from Iraq or anywhere. They just accept you. They don't make you feel anything like an outsider. They just make you feel like your family. They don't care from where you're from. Never occurred to me if I'm an Austrian or in Afghanistan. That's just the perfect thing about here. I think that's also because how Peter and Barbara accepted me, or, or how my friends accepted me. But I, but if I meet anyone new, I don't think that they're thinking bad about me. I automatically think they think anything. They just think that I'm normal. They just accept me.
1: Are there things that you like about the lifestyle here? Uh, more simple things um you know an average day what is it th- what are the things that you just like and appreciate
3: case noodles they are, they are the best if i admit it. <laughs> i mean i would eat that anytime i give them i went skiing once it was a horrible experience <laughs> i crashed into 15 people um flew three times down yeah that was a horrible experience um, then I went swimming once. Yeah, that was horrible. <laughs> that was horrible. I can't swim. Um, then we recently went for our A-level trip. So when we finished school trip in Croatia and my friends taught me how to swim. So I can swim as long as I have that the donut around me. I can swim with that. But the one thing that I still have in mind that still give me goosebumps or excites me is the first time I looked at how something from the computer was being built in one-to-one at the speed from 3d printer so that was literally what was one of the most exciting things mm-hmm. that and the other thing was um, i don't know if you know makerspace guarantee um, the um the laser cutting over there the laser and the water cutting that was pretty exciting because at that point i knew okay i have so many ideas at home that i can now create them mm-hmm. without having to know any other Um, creating techniques like, um, I don't know, wielding or stuff. I don't need to learn that because I can just do it in computer, send it to another machine and it just gives it me and I take it out. So that was pretty exciting for me, which might sound boring to other people, but yeah. (laughs) So the internship for my hotel I did with Peter. My first um, internship was in 2018-19 where I had to create POS point of selling, selling points, bags and stuff. I had to just design them for them so that they can put it in the shops and stuff. And I did one week with Walter Höstl. He's a pretty cool stool designer. I did with him. I got to learn new stuff from him. Then before my hotel, I did one week at David Pompa. He's a Mexican lamp designer. I was one week over there and learned all the graphic design softwares from him. And then other than that, I worked with Philips one time and one time I worked with um uh what's that company um it's a company that creates cases for raspberry the small computers so I created a case for that so that was one internship for me and other than that just my own projects I just create stuff put it on my portfolio present my ideas right now I'm searching for customers So I'm pretty much indulged into 3D printing and stuff. So I print parts for other people. And I'm doing that with my uh, colleague of mine. So we both do that. That's just the side stuff that we do right now.
1: (laughs) I have been to the makerspace Corinthia. Perfect. (laughs) Love that place. It's so
3: cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. For uh, it's perfect for startups because you have um for really less amount of money, like it's pretty cheap over there. That you can access to different various machines from water cutting to laser cutting to three D printing to the complete wooden workshop and everything. I think it's a pretty good idea for startups. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really a good idea. Ich bin selber sehr oft unten. The problem is. Viele denken, dass Afghanistan, dass Afghanistan wirklich so gering entwickelt als Land ist oder so. Es ist absolut nicht so. Wir haben drüben Einkaufzentrum, wir haben Handy, wir haben Internet, wir haben Netflix, alles möglich, haben die drüben. Und das der richtige 80% von der Technologie ist in der Hand von einer terroristischen Gruppe. And we know what happens if the rest is hold up a country. There is no the country anymore.
1: That'll be the end. For the Sikh population.
3: In Afghanistan, yes. Yeah. Which is pretty weird, unknown, I don't know, because you can type it on Google and you'll find at least two to ten families living in almost every single country in the world. It's pretty weird, I think. There are people in Dubai, there are people in Iran, Iraq, Australia, US, Canada, Africa, South Africa.
0: Somit sind wir am Ende von Chaplins Geschichte angelangt. Vielen Dank, dass du sie mit uns geteilt hast. Wie immer freuen wir uns sehr, wenn ihr uns hilft, die Reichweite dieses Podcasts zu unterstützen, indem ihr ihn abonniert, bewertet. Oder euren Freunden von dieser Show erzählt. Ein herzliches Dankeschön an dieser Stelle für die liebste Mundpropaganda Kärntens Elke Natrak. Bis zum nächsten Mal.
1: Strangers Strangers in Paradise, Strangers in Paradise? <lacht>